You got the questions? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember what I think. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be great. This we're not prepared at all. But we're just going to relax into it. You're always fucking over-prepared, though, aren't you? I've only got look, though. Excessive. Look. I know you can't see my book. Yeah. Two pages. Wow. Two? A4? Yeah, two A4 pages. Yeah, usually has about five. Alright, hello and welcome to all you maskists out there who are choosing to listen to us rant and try to sound intelligent on the Picky Bees podcast. This is episode... I don't have to try. 13? 14? <laughs> 12? 14. Well, we're eight, saying because last, last one was a surprise special episode, half. so you know, if okay. you want to count it, this is 14. He was making a big deal out of the fact we're on 14, it was very impressive, so I suppose to let everyone know that Sorry, we're on man. 14. This month we have got uh, Matt with us. Hello, Matt. Hello. How's it going? Why do you always put a Cockney accent on when you say hello at the start of the episode? I'm just excited. Okay. And Cockney is naturally affiliated with Simon, apparently. And yeah. Fran is here as well. Hello. Okay. That was my accent. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his voice. Um, and we have got uh, five new albums to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Tim, is it Heidecker? Yep. Too Dumb for Suicide. I Am DDB Flight, Modes, Flight Mode 4. The Coop. With Sorry to Bother You, Dirty Projectors, Lamp Lit Pros, and the classic is Black Sabbath Paranoid. And then I will introduce you to Why I Love Pavement's Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, along with a few demos I've added to the playlist. Uh, so I'm going to start off by asking Fran a question, uh, and we'll get going with uh, Fran. Which of these albums was the most frustrating to you? Well, uh, that was quite an easy question for me. Um, I am DDB with Flight Mode Volume 4. I found it incredibly frustrating um, because all the ingredients are there for a really strong album, I think. She's got a really interesting and unique voice. Um, the beats are interesting and well-produced. But then none of the songs meant anything at all. Like, <laughs> they were so incredibly vapid. And um, I think, Nick, you've said this in the past about um, Scissor and Princess Nokia. Mm. But they look like works of Shakespeare compared to this album, I would say. Um, Pretty harsh. I don't know how many times someone can say the phrase, keep it G, on a single album. Especially when (laughs) it only has like seven songs or something. And then when you realise that this this artist lives in Chorlton in Manchester, it becomes even more... I didn't know that, actually. It becomes even more ridiculous that she says keep it G so often. Why, what, what, I don't understand why that means. Why, well, why it's not really a gangster place, is it? Oh, I see. Yeah, Keep it sure. I've got you. Right, right, right. You go into you know, <laughs> buy some sourdough bread at Unicorn. I mean, it's just not <laughs> yeah. a very G, not a very G place. Maybe you're just wow. in the wrong parts of Chalton. Yeah, that is true. That's true. But I'm sure there's the yeah, bad lads of yeah, Chalton, bad yeah. lands of Chalton. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, in general, it just felt like a waste of some really great ingredients and um and what were the great ingredients when you said well that? i thought she had a really good voice okay i thought the beats in general were pretty good i mean i think okay. if i just listened to this album and didn't listen to the lyrics or the content of what she was saying i i, I liked it um and we'll get on to what i thought of this place as a, to- and as a total but i actually quite enjoyed this album until okay. i got really into the weeds of what she was on about i mean the only time really that she comes close to a meaningful meaningful song is moonlight um, where there's actually some real emotion in the song and she doesn't talk about being a G. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see some more of that in the future releases that she does. Um, so, yeah, that frustrated me. Okay. Uh, so we, should, we carry, should we talk about that one again with the other two or should we move on to another question? No, no, let's keep you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, what, you so what do you think, Matt, about uh, IMDDB? I, I, I weirdly agree with Fran. Wait. Oh, it, okay. I, 
I didn't think. I think yeah, like you were saying, it's got all the right stuff in there. I really like her voice, the way it kind of is like draws out and it's like very smooth and it's just it kind of links between different um, syllables really, really easily and just straight into the next sentence and stuff. But it just became to the point that it just washed over me. Mm. I, it's, it was very much for me. It's like uh, background music. It's not. So it's quite samey as well from your point of view. Yeah, it's, it just didn't at any point in the album kind of grab me and say, you should be listening to this actively right now. Um, and that's like, I want an album to drag me into it as opposed to just like wash over me and I did, before I know it, it's gone. It's like, especially as it's so short, it's blink and you miss it. And it's not because it's, because it's going to, at such a pace or anything. It's just blink. It's just all one thing. It's right. done, and oh, it's gone. I don't feel anything has changed. Especially wow. this kind of music as well. You want it to grab your attention, don't you? It's kind yeah. of, and I think usually, like this kind of this genre, it's a lot about the lyrics and um, and the stories they're telling. And I think that's for me that was what she lacked. Yeah, I, yeah. I think like like you said, she's got all the stuff. Mm. She could produce a really good album. Right, song about well, she, I'm saying she could. I don't know. If, if I'm not saying what my opinion is, I'm saying if, if the lyrics are that weak, then maybe she couldn't produce a really good album. And maybe maybe that's well, you know, that is a real limit and a, on fundamental skill in it. Mm. If you're going to try and produce quality music, yeah. Even if she has other ingredients, you know, maybe it's just not enough. So well, I, you, I didn't. I didn't even think the but like the music wasn't even that strong. I don't think it was very samey or similar to other yeah. stuff out there. There wasn't just anything distinctive that said this is me. Right. This is who I am. Right. So, yeah. So okay, so um, I think in many ways I do agree with you both about some some aspects of it. Lyrically, I thought it was pretty weak. I thought vocally it was she had some really strong moments vocally mm. though. In fact, Fran is going to punch me around the mic now, I'm sure. But um, I, I thought it sounded a little bit like Lauren Hill occasionally vocally. I mean, I, I honestly thought her lyrics were good. So yeah, vocals were great. This is yeah. why this is why it was really that's why it's strange. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I do think like on the surface. She's she's great, but the songs but, like like Waterfall and Moonlight sounded a little bit sort of Lauren Hill like mm-hmm. in the tone, um, which was which was in, uh, very interesting to me. But the quality of songs was definitely not there. Yeah, um, and I thought like like Matt saying the the beats behind the songs, the structures behind the songs were quite repetitive and didn't really they didn't feel like there was any movement across yeah. songs. You know, that, I think that's what you were hinting at as well. Maybe you're talking directly yeah. about Matt. It just felt like in each individual track, it began. She spoke over it for a while, sang over it for a while, and then it ended. And there was no narrative in it, you yeah. know, and that, that was kind of disappointing, I felt like. So the production was okay. It was, you know, reasonably nice sounding, but just, just didn't, didn't have any movement or pro- progress or whatever. So um, I think that comes down to the subject of the songs as well. It was all about, do you like what, I, what you see? And I'm a, I'm a gangster. And right. it was kind of, if there was a song that, I mean, that's why Moonlight stood up to me, because it was the first one where she actually did tell a story, I felt, about yeah. it. I mean, it's a typical story about a relationship breakdown and stuff, but it just stood out in the album because it was actually doing something, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we pretty fundamentally dismantled that one, I feel like. Um, <laughs> so, hopefully, I'm assuming it won't be the same, the same album you were talking about, Matt, but what, uh, what album was the most emotionally involving to you? Um, I found this a hard question to answer because... I didn't find any of the albums that emotionally involving. Mm. Um, but, but you have to pick, pick one. <laughs> so pick pick one, one, for Christ's sake. I'm going for 
uh, Tim Hedeker, and mostly because the emotion was not good, and I just felt <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, like his whole shtick. I like I get that he's trying to do something, and like everyone. Should we give him a background the, of what the what the album is? Because I think so. It's, a, it's a, obviously it it's a protest album. It's done by a comedian. Uh, who's part of a duo, Tim and Eric. Um, and he's normally known for, like, absurd comedy. Uh, he makes movies and shorts. And, mm. But it's mostly acting stuff. Um, and so this is the first musical stuff I've seen or heard. Yeah. Um, and it's also anti-Trump, basically, isn't it? It's a big... Yeah. For the front yeah, cover of the album's got Trump um, holding a hairdryer to his head instead of a gun because he's, the album's too gun for suicide. So And it's blowing yeah. his quiff. He's yeah. blowing his ridiculous hairstyle. <laughs> I do like, and, yeah. I like the cover a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so like, a bunch of the like tracks are like directly attacking Trump and a bunch of the tracks are directly attacking people around him mm. um, or concocting fictional scenarios around like Trump just being, wanting to go and spend time at his Mar-a-Lago resort or the final sentencing at the end comes when um, they talk about what will happen when the reckoning comes for Donald Trump, if it comes. Um, and what I found with the whole album as a whole, because it's kind of so absurd, um, but a lot of it actually tracks with what's going on in real life. And I found that kind of jarring to the point that it just... I. So explain what you mean by jarring then. That's kind of interesting to me. I mean, if it, did, yeah. if it gels with what's going on. I mean, I don't know if it's meant... Personally, I didn't think it was meant to be absurd. I think I thought it was meant to be like a... Like it's, it is a comedic look at what is happening. I don't think he was yeah. well, situations that weren't real, was he? Well, he spends an entire song talking about Trump having a shit. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a standout moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, From Stumps. But... Yeah, I Trump does like, shit though. So I mean, yeah. that is a real but, thing that does happen. He's got some pretty, pretty. Can we not yeah, have this conversation, details. please. Can we move on, please. Um, yeah, but the music genre isn't my favorite. The kind of country mm. music style, and then the fact that it's just hitting too close to home for me at the moment. Mm. I don't have the capacity to deal with that and listen to it in a way that's productive for me or feels good for me in any way. And. Mm. Um, so I, I just, I found it emotionally taxing to listen to this album. Right. Because musically, I wasn't getting anything. And lyrically, it was just, felt like they were making a joke. Yeah. Out of mm. something that's not yes. funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So should I jump in on this yeah, one now? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, sadly for the podcast, I, I thoroughly agree with my, what you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I, I felt like this was this was by far the worst thing on this play this this playlist by by a long long way, and it's sad to see it in a sense because um, the theme the the critique of Trump is is a very important thing that we need to be doing as a culture, you know, as, as world cultures, we need to be take dismantling the whole auspices around him, you know. Um, but this does not do that very well at all. It's unbelievably heavy-handed. It's just, mm. it's just an absolute sledgehammer of cack-handed sort of jokes about you know him going to the toilet and just just mm. weak, weak stuff. Just the lowest common denominator of, of humor. When there are so many clever critiques you hear, you see on 
like Colbert or, um, you know, um, the American, you know, Seth Meyers and people mm. are t- t- critiquing Trump in very clever ways all the time. And then this album comes along and it just does a kind of ham-fisted way of trying to attempt to do the same thing, you know. Um, I, I didn't like the style of it either. I didn't like... Um, even Father John Misty uh, can't save this album, even though I'm a fan. <laughs> um, and I thought the cover actually and the title, um, Too Dumb for Suicide, um, were both um, s- typical of the album. So in the sense, mm. like, when you say you like the cover, I know you're just saying that throwaway remark, but I, I hated the cover personally. I just thought it was, it was just incendiary, attempt to be incendiary mm. inflammatory for no particular purpose, you know? And I think, as, as Matt points out, it's a serious thing in a way, and I think... You know, people who oppose him um, need to do something more significant than than this kind of stuff. This this was just this really annoyed me. This album actually it made me really angry to see an album that had about something I care about agreeing with what I believe and do it so badly. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I mean, I get. I do get what both of you are saying, but then there's the other side that came to me. Like, I think the humor is very basic at times, and I think Imperial Bathroom, the song about Trump stunts, obviously is the one that's coming up most because that stands out, but. Yeah. Part of me also wondered, at times, is this the kind of comedy that would really get up Trump's nose and would really wind him up? Because it is it is basically attacking his character and talking about him, making him sound weak, and that's the kind of thing that he hates, which for me... He probably would hate it, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a really strong... I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but I just think maybe... I feel like maybe get, getting to him, everything gets to him anyway. Yeah. So I feel like getting to him, what should be about is affecting the minds of a lot of people who yeah. are in, in his camp but or this close is, to But it's so camp. difficult to do that. And with, yeah. a, with a comedy album, are you going to do that? You're not, are you? So I think, I mean, I think there's there's times when it lands for me on this album. I don't, I, I think I particularly enjoyed the um, the Richard Spencer song. I've got to admit that I had a, a big smile on my face the first time I just heard the chorus about punching Rick, Richard Spencer in the head. Okay. Because it's mm. just... you know, fundamentally a violent person. That's what it is, isn't it? I'd love to punch Richard Spencer in the face. I've never punched anyone in my <laughs> life, but if I got the chance to do that, I would, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is weak. Um, I'm not going to say it isn't weak, but it, it does have moments that land, I think. And I think um, maybe it's one of those, if you'd done like one song on a on a Colbert or something like that, it would have been yeah. something to laugh at and have a bit of fun with, but for a whole album... I mean, it's never going to... I'm never going to play it again, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> the big problem I well, had... That's the acid test. My it? major problem I had with it was that the song MAGA, which is obviously Make America Great Again, yeah. is probably the catchiest song. And I find myself occasionally walking around singing oh, no. Make America Great Again to myself. <laughs> and I was like, shit, why am I singing that? And occasionally it would be out loud while I was walking around my office and I was like, yeah, I've got to stop doing this. So wow. um, that was probably my biggest bugbear with the album. <laughs> But yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've got anywhere near as bad a feeling about this album as you two. I think it was. Um, it was the kind of humour that probably lands with certain people, and I, it was funny on occasion. But yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah. Nothing special. Okay. Okay. So um, yeah, well, two two pretty negative setup reviews. First of all, yeah. To I mean, IMDb had. Is there? Stuff do we want to just talk about something we liked for a moment? Um, Genuinely liked. Do you want to talk about your the album you liked most? Who are you asking? You, Fran. Okay, well, I've already spoken about the album I liked most. Oh, okay. All right, then. <laughs> that was IMDDB. Oh, so, um, good. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be so a if you want brutal session. The rest of the games we look at for this, maybe go to Matt at this point. Okay. If you want to talk about favourites. Fair enough. Matt, why don't you tell us, in your non-cynical voice like Franz always sounds, uh, why you li- any album that you actually liked? Um, well... <laughs> He's having a tough time as well. No, I feel positively about the other three. But I wouldn't, I, it's hard to pick a favourite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in with Dirty Projector. Okay. Okay. Um, Lamplit Pros. Lamplit Pros. I thought this was really, really interesting. Listen, after, um, I'm guessing you guys haven't heard his previous album. Um, I've heard this, all of their albums. Are you? Okay. There? I don't even know how many yeah. albums there are. There's just how much I know about them. Are there lots? They always play There's festivals three? that I go to, so I always give okay. them a chance. Okay. Three. I think three albums. Okay. Um, the last album was a despair album about a breakup, and it was very emotionally um, kind of almost savage. It was very sad. Um, it was good, but it was very raw. Um, as he was kind of processing this kind of grief about this relationship, who, who was also from actually part of the band in the first album. Mm. And so this album seems to be just about this kind of new relationship that he's in. And it's naive, it's um, kind of diverse, it's excited, it's joyous. Um, and I think, like, initially I, I thought, like, this is what maybe Bon Iver would sound like if he was actually happy <laughs> not good me all the time. <laughs> or if he lost all his talent. Yeah. Well, well, well. Well, don't give too much away, will you? Yeah. But then, by the by, the middle of the album, it felt like we were in like Mark Ronson kind of territory, I and mean, it was he was just making happy pop music. And I think if I am in a good mood, uh, when I or when I was in a good mood, I put this album on. It was perfect. Other times, okay. it didn't quite work because it was too like very sweet. And yeah, like his depiction of love and stuff like that is just way too naive um but i'm guessing fran doesn't like it because it's too happy fran's got to go next because he's already giving away some yeah, of his position I now mean, so come on then i despise this band um you always have done yeah yeah can't stand anything they've done um they, they regularly play at festivals that i go to and and so whenever i go to a festival i'll listen to the playlist and each time i think oh, i'll give them another go you know people seem to like them but i just each of the albums sounds about a little bit different to the other one but they're all equally as painful to listen to for me um, <laughs> but I, yeah it's just this has done absolutely nothing to change my mind about how I feel about them it's it's painfully cheesy all the way through I keep using the word painful but it's just it's, it's pretty painful there's a lot of pain um, the second song Breakthrough wow um, <laughs> it's like a ringtone all the way through <laughs> That's that's my favourite song on the album. Wow. <laughs> I mean, have you never, yeah, have you never read a ringtone or something? Because it just, I just kept trying to answer my phone every time it was on. Um, I feel energy, which is song four or five, is yeah, that's one of the most irritating songs I've ever heard. I've heard as part of the podcast. Fourth song, yeah. I'd say while I've been doing this podcast, that's the song that's irritated me most more than anything. Really? Um, wow. It's just horrible. That's um, amazing. What achievement! His voice is just so irritating. Mm. Like I wanted to punch him. <laughs> so yeah, you punch a lot of people. I mean, I wouldn't Basically. punch Richard Spencer. I probably wouldn't punch this guy because you know it's just his voice. It's not his fault. He can't help it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, absolutely nothing there for me with this one. Um, okay. Yeah, I hated it. Okay, 
Thanks. With a passion. Very, yes, yeah, with a passion. I think you've yeah. made that very clear. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say, uh, in general, I quite like this album. I thought it was all right. I thought it had, thought it had some nice aspects to it. I thought the... The tone, he, he seemed to be playing, if I remember, if I heard correctly, he seemed to be playing like 12 string guitars and stuff quite a bit, or at least lush overlaid acoustic just guitars. Playing so, no. No? <laughs> so, um, the opening track, uh, what's that called? Right Now. Oh, God. Um, also, what's the other one I like? Um, That's the Lifestyle. Also, just tonally, I thought they sound quite nice, um, quite sort of. Uh, um, yeah, quite a delicate and beautiful acoustic tone, which I liked. Um, I thought he had. Uh, a lot better, and I, I, I was obviously in the same loop as the Tim Heidecker in yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I thought he had some statements that weren't actually about just relationship stuff, that were like semi-political statements, which were the kind of thing Tim Heidecker would have loved to have got to. Like, there's one, um, who'll stop wasting the lives of the brave on the strength of a lie? I thought that was quite a nice little phrase to open one of the songs. Uh, compared, and it wasn't like the greatest they've ever heard, but compared to Tim Heidecker, it's just, just <laughs> maybe it was my, it was offset against that. You yeah, know? if you could compare um, the two. Yeah, that, that was, so I thought ultimately, I thought it was quite interestingly quirky, kind of thing, like odd, an oddball, um, and that made it sort of refreshing. Um, and I thought actually, um, it didn't sound a million miles away from uh, another band we'll talk about in a minute uh, that's on this list as well. We'll come back to, I suppose. Really? We'll talk about that. Yeah, I thought there were similarities between two of the albums on this list, musically speaking. I mean, there's only really one album that I should yeah. be talking about. You can't talk about Black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, I suppose not, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> like any of these Maybe. Cool, yeah. yeah. So um, I thought there was some, some musical melodic oh, okay, similarities yeah. in that. So... Um, so yeah, so I, I thought I thought it worked, and I, I you know I thought it was alright. I'll probably go back to it. I don't know about the other albums they've done. He's done, so I'll, I'll probably give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt's right, and Fran's completely wrong. But there yeah. you go. As usual, I mean I'm right. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, so that only leaves <laughs> that only leaves our classic Black Sabbath, Paranoid, or the, the Coup. Is it the Coup? Coup. The Coup. The Coup. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk about Sabbath, shall we? Okay, I just turned my page now. Um, I've got to go back now. Oh, sorry. Oh. Um, I'll start on this one, shall I? Yeah. Uh, so for, for Sabbath, um, to me, it was hard to listen to this album and assess it as what, what I thought about it musically speaking, because it seemed so. It was so clear how important it is, whether or not you like it or not, isn't that relevant anymore in a way? Mm. Because it was quite clearly cutting new ground in, you know, breaking new ground in some in a in a kind of whole new field of music at the time. And I thought the most interesting things about it were the ways in which you could hear that happening on the recordings as certain songs sounded completely like metal, like mm-hmm. like the kind of things that bands who are, I don't dislike, but bands like Alice in Chains would have tried to do, were trying to do 20 years later and, and Sabbath had already done them. Um, like, uh, which is the one I was thinking of particularly, uh, uh, Electric Funeral was mm. one of the ones I thought was really like that. Um, when did this album originally come out, do you know? I think it came out in 70... 1970. 70, yeah. There you go, thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 20 plus years before Alice in Chains were out and they mm. were doing this, which is quite remarkable, even if you're not into the genre, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also, at the same time, moments when it would cut back into something that sounded much more dated. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way either. Uh, I mean dated in the sense of, like, say, the Jimi Hendrix experience. There were things that sounded like that, um, which I was 
kind of intrigued to hear the, the difference, you know, the movement from one, one side to the other with that kind of, those two genres. So in particular, I was thinking of, uh, which one was that? Iron Man. The solo in Iron Man, the guitar solo in that sounded um, like a Hendrix, not, not of that calibre of guitar playing, but like a mm. Hendrix-style or a Hendrix experience, to be specific, style song, a, a yeah. sort of late 60s, um, slightly psychedelic rock song. Um, so they were really breaking through something massive and, and in a way, um, you know, when inevitably, and I'm just guessing here, Fran tells me that this album is atrocious, mm. it really won't matter because the album <laughs> is so important, it really doesn't matter what his opinion is for once, which is nice to know. So, yeah, no, overall, I, I did, and I enjoyed it because that's a genre that I, I have been into in the past and I am still still follow a little bit, so I found it quite interesting in that respect, but, you know, what a huge achievement basically mm. is what i would say so go for it fran tell us why you loved it <sighs> well i mean <laughs> I, says it all. I don't think at all that it's it's terrible and i don't think it's a bad album i think it's a good album i just think it's um for me it's a little bit too hard to look past everything that's come since and um i couldn't listen to it as a as an album that easily because i think what surprised me most was how much i knew pretty much every song Mm. Um, like I knew War Pigs and Paranoid I would know but I didn't realise that I pretty much know it all mm. and, and I think some of that comes through playing like skateboarding games in the 90s on the Playstation <laughs> and stuff like that I think a lot of them were on, were on that and because usually when we do the classic it's, it is even though it's an old album it's something new to me and I can find like, it kind of takes me a while to start understanding the album whereas this because I'd heard it all it just didn't I couldn't get into it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, I couldn't... I couldn't maybe, really... Maybe it makes sense. ...give much value to it, and it kind of... Um, and it did just all seem very dated to me. Um, I but, can't believe you think something... I mean, dated by what standard... What, what decade would you put it in, though? You wouldn't put it in 1970, surely. You might no, put it in 1990, but that's 20 years after it came out, you know? I don't know yeah. if I'd put it in 1990. I don't know when I'd put it, but... Um, I just... I think that's a crucial question. Yeah, right? the fact that it fits in, actually, what I'm saying about playing PlayStation games in the 90s, and this was a, this was alongside stuff that was coming out in those days. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. And that's Yeah, and I'm not going to argue the achievement. Like, mm. I do think it's an achievement, but um, it's just not an achievement that's particularly for me. Um, yeah. It's very overblown, which is the genre in a lot of ways, so it's not surprising, and I'm not surprised by that. I don't think it's as overblown as it, as it got, though, with some other bands, like... You could go into a lot of other areas of like progressive mm. rock and metal and stuff where it really does become a theatrical exercise. Yeah, but I mean, this, I thought one thing I liked about it actually was it was not to be obtrusive arguing everything you're saying, but it, I did feel like it was small. There were some songs that sounded like they were in recording terms quite tight, you know, yeah. quite dry. Yeah, and I thought that was actually really interesting, given that it's a massive that, distortion. All, the, all sound. that it thought of to me is that like, you're saying it's not theatrical, but it just was theatrical to me. It was 100 theatrical. I think Planet Caravan was the only song that maybe I would say wasn't it felt like a performance and i've actually written down like as a performance i reckon it'd probably be a really good experience but as a album to listen to and do you think you can distance yourself from the circus around ozzy and what that's that probably means? part of it because that's, that's one voice, thing I have, to, I have to think about that as well yeah, and honestly, voice I, I do find that a problem the osbournes isn't it and yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah and i do think i find it and... to distance myself from that definitely yeah because because like i say again going back to classics we've listened to before i don't often know the artist I can't even picture them mm. this while I'm listening to it I'm like oh that's Ozzy yeah. that's that guy who did this and that guy who wobbles Who's around his kind of ridiculous yeah. house yeah, yeah, so I think it was Sorry quite hard for me to um, yeah. to distance that 
Probably this isn't Aussie. That's what I mean. This all. isn't just Aussie. That's what I mean. That's really important yeah. to hold that as well. And I know I'm not saying it's easy, but I, I mm. do think it's important to reserve the fact that this is a band who are doing something different and they yeah. are doing it with just Aussie in the band. Yeah. This wasn't Aussie solo project, you know? But I think because it wasn't fresh to me, it was hard for me to put it mm. apart from what I already knew about mm. the band. When I thought some of it would be fresh, but it wasn't. Mm. That's your right, so, crime. Yes, that is We've my on about it, so. I'll take that. So, Matt, <laughs> what do you reckon? I, I enjoyed this album a lot. Um, I, when I looked up the date, I, couldn't be, again, couldn't believe that it was 1970 because I did right. think it sounded relatively modern like relatively mm. um i yeah like fran was saying i had like i feel like i knew half of the songs without realizing i knew half of them but i think i was able to hearing them in the context of the album really changed them from just i i i had exactly the same feelings of like i've definitely heard half these tracks on like tony hawk's game yeah. and stuff like that but I think hearing it as an album, as opposed to being in the background while you're trying to do an ollie, it it makes quite a big difference. Think about so many memories, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just it's just very it's so bold the way it like starts and then it carries on and then it's like audaciously goes from like paranoid into um, Planet Caravan and Iron then Man. back out to Iron Man. And mm. um, I I think yeah like they really were must have been at like the top of their game and full of confidence when they're doing this and just trying stuff out mm. and yeah for it to be yeah, again made in the 70s but have that feel like it's from, it's not from now but from a lot later than it is it's uh yeah i think it's a really good big achievement and i Absolutely. i would i would happy <laughs> i'd happily listen to this like again I'd, I'd hear this on. again, yeah. I'd hear this yeah. again, definitely. I will. Yeah. Unless, I'm playing, unless I'm playing Tony Hawks. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. I'm happy to admit it's just not for me. It's not my yeah my type of I, music. Um, one thing I'd like is if the drums were bigger. I felt like sometimes they were left in the background. Yeah, I can see that, and I think I think um, yeah, no, that's a fair that's a fair criticism, I'd say. Although I think some ways in which miking and drums has changed over the. The decades probably meant they had a lot yeah. less to work with, you know. Yeah. But I know, look, like Hendrix, only a few years before was working with, you know, four tracks for the entire band, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know now people are running with sixty and stuff, you know. So yeah, but when yeah. you listen to Hendrix, I don't think you notice that as much as you might when you listen to. Yeah, Hendrix is more separation, though, isn't it, between the elements? I would say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I know that those are huge achievement as well. Yeah. I'm not not you know, critique those at all. I love those albums. But um, yeah, I do think. All I'm saying is, I think there's there's a ch- there's a lot of technical challenges that with drums in particular that have been uh, you know overcome somewhat and since then, you know. Anyway, so yeah, okay, great. So we've got one more album of the normal stuff, the the normal list, cool. and then we'll go into a while of. Um, so uh, the coop. Sorry to bother you. Um, who wants to go, Matt? Let's I think Matt. Matt yeah. Matt, this is a film, isn't it? Which I know nothing about. So do you want to? Uh, yeah, give us some context, please. Context. Yeah. So research again. This is the soundtrack to the movie, Sorry to Bother You, um, which was made by um, the lead MC in um, The Coop. And so he made the soundtrack himself, and he pretty much did the entire project himself. Um, And it's basically a kind of anarchic, anti-capitalist movie about a guy in a call center who's trying to balance, trying to get promoted so he doesn't have to just struggle um, every single day to make a paycheck. Um, but then 
the people around him are trying to unionize. Um, but the whole film is super surreal and weird, and there's a lot of mm. crazy stuff that goes on. And so, unfortunately, it just got announced that um, it won't be getting an international release. Mm. So, <laughs> when it comes out on demand, you guys should check it out. Yeah. Um, but it's, Can you not it's stream really it to good. us across the uh, across Skype? We could watch you it. Want, you want to you want to watch it across Wouldn't Skype? Break, sure. Contravening all yeah. kinds sure. of so laws. We can we can have a group viewing. We'll record it. So I know this is this podcast anyway, so we're fine. The twelve people, yeah, (laughs) as long as none of them are lawyers. (laughs) The movie did really well. It's just because of the subject, Um, people don't want to push it, which is unfortunate because it's probably going to go up for awards and stuff. Right. Um, Getting to the album itself, um, I thought it was an interesting kind of group of collaborators you got together to do the album. It's, they're kind of, it seems like I'd never heard of them before. It seems like they have quite like a diverse, um, like a genre bending style of music anyway. Mm. Mm. Um, and so then getting the, the collaborators really added to that, I think. And mm. um, I like, I have a hard time describing what the album really is. It varies so much. And that probably is because it's supposed to be matching certain beats in the movie. Um, right. But I I like some of it, but it does just, it gets a bit disjointed for me. Mm. Um, I think some of the, the, like the high points, are, especially with Janelle Monáe, because she's great, and she brings, basically uh, the, her songs sound like Prince, and Prince is great, mm. so... <laughs> Right. I'm to- totally down to listen to that. And yeah. then the, the way it starts with, I don't, I don't the O E eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, Try and pronounce it again. Keep keep doing it. O y a h y t t. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it it's super. Well, I love I love an album that comes out and like makes a statement of intent like that. Mm. Um, and it does feel kind of give it a, kind of a party album vibe, mm. but. Overall, it kind of just it made me want to just watch the movie and not listen to the sound. And had, you, had you seen the movie already, by the way? Um, yeah, I, I'd seen I'd seen the movie. Okay, um, okay. Like a, a, a week before I suggested it. I okay, like, oh. okay, that's good. Um, so let me jump in then. Um, I, I'm really interested to hear about it being a soundtrack because I now I put the piece together. I, I actually I think I may have seen the trailer, the advert for um, for that movie somewhere. Mm. Um, and it looked really interesting, but I never realised that I never made the connection that this was related to that. So, so cover, but, you know. um, that does it. Well, I, I don't even bother looking at that. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, to me, the fact that it's a soundtrack actually is, is quite interesting discovery because it did sound fragmented in the way you're talking about. And I think what we did a soundtrack of Gruff Reese, didn't we, the yeah. other month? Yeah. Um, and this is far better than that, far stronger than that on a, on a number of levels. It has it has more variety in it. It has better performances in it, um, less less sort of repetition basically. But um, I thought there was some really sort of irresistibly engaging parts of it. Some really sort of, again, like you said, party. I'm like fun elements, like um, and we need an eruption. I thought that was quite a fun kind of uh, again irresistibly engaging song that I, I kind of found myself sort of uh, metaphorically tapping my feet to, you know. Um, <laughs> So that was only metaphorically. Yeah, I would never yeah. actually tap my feet. I don't do yeah. that. That would be too close to dancing. I don't do that. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that was good. And then, and then the song with Killer Mike on it was also um, Monsoon um, had some pretty hilarious. I, li- I actually like the busy synth parts that were in it. You know, it's kind of like really in the background, this kind of yeah. frenzied run of, of synth parts all over the place. And he had some hilarious yeah. uh lines in it as well like the one about Dora, Dora, the, the, Dora the Explorer yeah. <laughs> yeah. he said he said, yeah, then he said that line was dope I had to smuggle it through Florida yeah that's fantastic <laughs> I love that pairing yeah so um, yeah so it was a fun album and I, I enjoyed it and I this is what I meant about being a little bit eccentric and stuff is why I felt the Dirty Protectors thing was not a million miles away from it um, yeah. I think I probably prefer the Dirty Protectors slightly but but they were both you know both engaging interesting stuff so yeah and i, I agree about the janelle Monet as well the the one about uh what a girl want to do or whatever is uh is was the, probably the best song on the album i thought so so yeah so overall i liked it i like the way you took the words motherfucking out in the middle of that sometime i don't you said it i don't do i don't do profanity <laughs> francis on a podcast called picky bastards <laughs> that was no more's idea not mine yeah i don't think that's true actually. it probably was no. my idea anyway, go ahead go ahead Frank. um well, I found this really interesting comparison to a conversation we had a couple of episodes ago when we talked about the Everything Is Recorded album. Mm. Um, so we had a quite long conversation then about what a collaborative album is and how it works and whether mm. whether that was a coherent album and whether it was a good album. And I, for me, this just highlighted how much Richard, Richard Russell got right on Everything Is Recorded. Because mm. I think to have such a mix of guests like... He did on that album, but to have them actually perform together and work together created a really interesting album that felt coherent, whereas for this, it just felt like a bit of a mess to me, um, which isn't a million miles from what you, you two are saying and not being coherent, it being a soundtrack, but I just, it was so all over the place, I felt, that um, I just couldn't get any traction on it. Uh, the only track that I really enjoyed was the Killer Mike track, and there's no surprise that Killer Mike turns up on, a, on an album and... and turns it into the best song because <laughs> yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. But um, other than that, it, none of it's horrible. It's not a horrible album. It's a million times better than the Date Projectors. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's it's nothing special. I didn't I didn't get a lot out of it. Um, I've, I wondered if maybe seeing the film would change that, but now apparently I'm not allowed to see the film because I'm British, so... Um, <laughs> it, it'll come eventually. Yeah. It'll be on Amazon and whatever, streaming. Yeah. yeah. And Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't... Wasn't it? Wasn't an album I could like get on board with? Really, it was a bit too all over the place. Nothing said that much. It's interesting you put it at the um, feet of the the artists that are collaborating because mm. I like they have. A, I think the Coop is like a large, relatively large band anyway. Yeah. So they have a core band. Any like. I know, but I, for me, I didn't mean it to be like the the collaborators' fault. I meant like it's the person putting to the album together's fault. In a way, because if you look at the everything is recorded, they bring in. Yeah. Where you brought in those collaborators. I mean, I bought the um, the vinyl of everything's recorded, and it's got this amazing table on it, which shows you what everyone does on each song, and it just shows you how much of a project that was of people actually getting in a room together and and creating yeah. an album that gelled together and fit together. Whereas this is a band just bringing in a few features, and and maybe they would have got something more interesting and more involving if they'd had a bit more of that sort of collaborative vibe. I don't know. That's just me wishing something happened. I mean, I'll be, yeah. happen, but. I'll be clear. I think the Everything Recorded album is majorly better than this album. Mm. Far yeah, more yeah, interesting. I, album. Far better production than this album. Uh, really amazing performances all the way through. In this term only, in this sense only, the one that he's, the Fran's talking about, about the consistency and the direction and stuff, 
I felt this was more consistent than, than the, everything that's recorded album. I mean, that's not That's the only aspect in which I, I disagree with what Fran's saying about it. I, I, to me, this sounded like a band who had some people on it. The other one sounded like 10 or 12 songs that were all interesting that no, were in different places. No, no. no. Uh, I agree with Nick. Uh, it sounds like, it sounds like a, a band that has so huge variety in what they do and they're just trying tons of stuff out. And that isn't necessarily a good thing. It's just, it's within their like, repertoire anyway. Mm. I, I should listen to an older album to see what it's like. Now, are there lots of albums of this band? Um, yeah, they've been around since uh, early 90s, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Killer Mike's on their best song on every album, probably. <laughs> Killer Mike comes in and gives them a good song. <laughs> Well, so we could say then, before we jump to the Why I Love, or introduce Pavement to everyone, um, that this is, is this your worst playlist, Oh, Fran? God, yes. Worst yeah, one? yeah, 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 definitely. The worst one we've done. Uh, there was nothing to, like... Worse than Mount Airy album? I can't remember no, what I mean, else was with Mount Airy. Yeah, no, there, was, there was some good things on the Mount Airy episode, I think. Um, I can't remember what they were. I don't know if anyone yeah. can briefly... No. no, I can't remember what number it was. But, yeah, there was. I think there was a couple of things I liked on that. I think it might be nine. Try nine. We try nine. I think it was, no. it was Y-Oak. Oh, Jane Grey. Who? Grimmy Females. Jean Grey, yeah, Jean, yeah, so... Yeah. yeah a couple yeah. of albums I kind of enjoyed there. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, Classic was Biggie as well, wasn't it, on that one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Classic was Biggie, so there you go. Biggie's better than anything on this, on its own, isn't it, really? But, um, yeah, it was. It's my worst playlist so far, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You two? I, I would say somewhere in the middle. I think there was nothing that absolutely blew me away, nothing I'm totally in love with, but there was a couple of interesting things on it I might possibly go back to. So I'm, I'm fairly chilled about it. I'm not as full of hate as Fran, uh, but that's no surprise, is it? I mean, the only album I despised was Dirty Projectors, but <laughs> just the fact that nothing, I didn't, I won't be listening to any of them again. Mm. Yeah. which is the first time I think ever that there's not been one album I well I'll definitely listen to Sabbath again so that's not the last time yeah. I ever listened to Black Sabbath in my life yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. I think yeah it's very lukewarm mm. so no, somewhere nothing deviates too far from well I hope we can get a bit more radical on the next one then hopefully I'm excited <laughs> about it yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about it in a minute we've got some good ones we're thinking running up in the run up to that let's just scrap this Wow. Let's just scrap this round. I'll just stop now. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, yeah. we're even talking about this. I'm not going to talk about pavement. Okay, you can talk about pavement. You Thank talk about you. Pavement. Okay, this is my opportunity to tell everyone why pavement is a great band. Why pavement is an important band to me, uh, but also in a way more importantly, how why they're important to why they should be important to the world. Have why they matter? Yet? Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I haven't got a kind of cool story about when I got into pavement, oh. like why they you know, changed my life in some incredible epiphany or whatever. Although I have <laughs> seen them a number of times and I've never seen a, a bad show from them. Um, and, they, and I feel like they've been, I've been into them since the, since they were really coming up or just after they, they sort of, the second album came out. So maybe mid nineties, late nineties. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've been a big fan for many, many years. Um, but I think one of the reasons that they're, they're, it's more important to say why they're important to why they should be important to the history of music, as it were. I think that they are. If you're a fan of Beck, for example, um, if you're a fan of Sebado, which I've talked about before, um, then you really should follow Pavement very closely. If you're a fan of Speedy Ortiz, that's another band that's really based on them. There are so many bands that have come through that, that owe a lot to Pavement. Um, they are. They have a few characteristics that are. I don't find anyone doing better than them, which is they have really oddly 
um, disjointed lyrical phrasing and, and constructions, which are just surreal in a lot of cases. You go through the albums, you find yourself moved by certain phrases and then laughing at other phrases and then slightly afraid or mystified by other phrases. And it kind of moves between those narratives and broken narratives all the way through. They do, and that's a very kind of postmodern or post-structuralist thing to do, which I think they were pretty early band to get in, getting into that. Um, and similarly, um, they talk about the they talk about the song construction itself, which I think is quite again these days that's not that big a deal. But I think in in the early nineties this was pretty clever. They have songs like "In Heaven as a Truck" where they actually say as they as they're doing the lyrics and they say, "Okay, we're coming to the chorus now," and then they do the chorus, you know. And it's just like this kind of self awareness that I think is really, really interesting and was, I think, pretty new and, and groundbreaking at the time. I'm not sure, I can't swear it's been the very first band to do that, but I thought I think they were really uh, pretty important and pretty cutting edge in that department. They also have um, really, really beautiful recording quality um, in a lot of cases. They have amazingly close, intimate guitar tones, uh, which I love. Uh, on this tracks like, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the best ones on here, that are uh, like Nash, uh, what's, what's the Nash, Strings of Nashville, uh, has which is one of the demos on the end of the album uh, is is really beautiful camera um, loads of the songs uh, uh, range life have, have some incredible um, sort of smooth easily adjustable but also slightly oddly jarring hooks which I I really really love um, and then they have as I said as well as these this disjointed sort of broken up stuff they have these moments that are really quite touching um, so on uh, which is the one Fillmore Jive. Um, they have this this line about why won't thank you for letting me sleep or why won't you let me sleep um, why won't you let me rest and it's kind of an end to the album as it, as it draws to a close that's kind of very touchy even though I can't really explain what the context for that statement is or how it came together in a narrative it just suddenly comes through as this really kind of delicate little moment that you, you get this, this split second of seeing you know um, so yeah they have a lot of humour in it they also have uh, a really searing ability to dismantle other bands um they really take aim at people like uh, rem stone temple pilots smashing pumpkins all the a lot of these bands that came through at the same time yeah yeah yeah, they they really really dismantle those bands pretty pretty viciously um but i think it's it's part of um a general sort of sense of uh sarcasm that runs through everything they do and kind of irony in everything they do which is I think works really well. I will say um, the albums, the album and playlists are not flawless. That I don't, I don't think this album, every every song on this album is great. And there's a couple I don't like. Um, Hit the plane down, I find pretty irritating. Uh, and I'm four, five, for a reason, but we'll get to okay. it. Okay, five minus four equals unity. Uh, I don't like. It's kind of a uh, a little bit too jazzy, instrumental kind of thing. So I'm not really into that. So yeah, there's there's um, there's a few songs that, are, that sort of scratches in the record, but when it comes down to it, it's a it's a pretty beautiful piece of work. And they went on to do a lot of the great stuff. I really debated doing a playlist instead of this album, um, but if I get into opening up the floodgates of all the possible demos and songs <laughs> that I could have picked up, that would be huge. Also, they they did do a massive amount of B side demo stuff. In the nineties, you get these bootleg tapes of theirs, and it would be like a ninety minute tape of just songs, none of which were on any album. It's unbelievable. There's so many demos. So and then and then the later albums um, like Wowie Zowie, which is the one after two after this, I think, um, was 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 a really great album as well. I did debate putting that one on. So there's there's a lot of material, um, and they do something that's pretty important as well as being something a band that came up as I was sort of in my heyday, as it were, of of being a music lover. So they mean a lot to me for that reason. 
So now you can both tell me why I'm wrong in their, in their shots. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm going to jump in. Um, Go for it. I was laughing a little bit while Nick was talking, a couple of things he said then. I'll get to why he laughed me quite a lot. Actually, in a minute. It's not like a... It's actually laughing at myself, probably, as okay. much as it is, Nick. But, um, yeah, first thing to say is this was easily the best thing on, on this month's play. Well, that's but not much praise. Was about the rest, that's not saying a huge amount. I'd also say, while we've been doing picky bastards other than PJ Harvey, this is my favourite thing that you've you've introduced, Nick. So oh, good. I was, a, was definitely a fan. Um, one thing that impressed me the most of it was like the variety within the album. Um, right. That they seem to be able to do a few different genres and a few different styles and actually pull them all off equally as well. Um, now, this is why I was laughing because what made that particularly evident for me was my three favourite songs. Okay, here we go. Here were, we go. Remember what Nick said about the worst songs on yeah. the were My three favourite songs were Five Minus Four Equals Unity, uh, yeah. which I liked because it was kind of an instrumental piano jazzy track which kind of stood out to me, the rest. But they're such a lyrically based band. Though, yeah, but that's why that really stood out for me. I think okay. it was a real, a really sort of... Yeah, it's every time well. I was listening to the album, that was like, oh, it's this song now, and I enjoyed yeah, yeah. that song. Okay. Uh, the oh, other, okay. Another song I really liked was uh, Hit the Plane Down, oh. uh, which is Nick's other <laughs> And I think it's the only one I really disliked. Five, five minus four equals unity is, is okay. It just hasn't got the hit lyrical the quality. But great. Hit the Plane Down is, is a bit irritating, actually. Hit the Plane Down is great. I think, it's, again, it shows... We're gone, I've gone from like a piano track that I really liked to one that was quite grungy, quite heavy, and I yeah. thought was really impressive. And then my other favourite track was Newark Wilder. Okay. Which is quite a nice chilled quiet song that builds throughout and i think so it just for me just those three songs being my favorite three songs by them was kind of an evidence that they kind of they vary quite a they bit they varied yeah. a lot yeah. and they were good whatever they did uh saying that i mean there was a couple if i'm gonna so i'm not completely positive all the way through oh no you won't um that. well this is why i'd say <laughs> i think i need to listen to more of their albums before i can sit here and say yeah that i'm a pavement fan sure. because um Songs like, there was a couple like Cut Your Hair and um, Range Life, which just didn't do anything for me and were a little bit throwaway, I thought, a little bit. Cut Your Hair was like their biggest hit in the 90s. Was it? Yeah, it was well, massive. Yeah. So, you know. yeah, yeah. Range Life was, was also a single as well, I seem to remember. But yeah, well, that sounds out there, a single I don't anyway. think, I don't think that Cut Your Hair is their best song, although I think Range Life is a beautiful song. Yeah, but, Range um, Life, I don't yeah. know, there's just a little bit. But I didn't hate them, but they're just mm. ones that stood out to me. Like, I, I kind of just wanted to skip. Uh, Heaven right. is a Truck was another one. <laughs> Um, oh, heaven is a truck. I want to burst into song and just sing it right now, but I'll try and show myself. But in general, I was a fan and I will be listening to more of this stuff um, okay. just to see if I'm a real fan yet or not. Okay, well, I don't think you will be because they did stuff that's not like 5 minus 4 equals Unity very much. At but five, you should go back to the first <laughs> album, actually. Great. Yeah, slams in China. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. I like a lot of it, though, so it's not just that, you know. No, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I'm good. crying on the inside. It's okay. I've, I've just been pretty positive, man. <laughs> right, Matt, what's your eight? Um, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I had heard a couple of their songs before, um, but they were the kind of poppier side of um, Pavement, and so yeah, I didn't realise they had... Stuff of other albums. You um, know songs I, on this album at all. I'd, yeah. I'd heard Cut Your Hair, and I'd heard... I think I'd heard Gold Sounds before. Okay. Um, and unsurprisingly, they are... As, as they're kind of poppy, um, they were my favourite songs on the album. Okay. Um, Cut Your Hair was your favourite? Uh, I'd say maybe Gold Sounds edges out Cut Your Hair, but they're both mm. they're my two favourites, so yeah. Mm. I also really liked uh, 5 minus 4 equals <laughs> Unity. <laughs> I mean, it is great. But, 
Yeah, so everyone gets a dislike. I don't dislike that um, song. I just dislike the fact it's got no lyrics on it. That's the main thing. Yeah, but it's, just that crazy so it's really interesting where it arrives in the album yeah. and the way it yeah. sort of separates the album. Okay. If you don't really hit the plane down, me, then please, please don't hit the plane do down, me. Matt. It, it definitely. Well, I, I, I can't remember which one that is. Okay, that's one where they just keep saying hit the plane um, down, the plane one. down, plane down about fifty <laughs> times. Yeah, I'm saying this that's um, one I love. I'm but, still saying why I hate this song. <laughs> five minus four, I thought was also. It was like one of the few like it was almost like an interlude. Mm, it and was, yeah. When those happen in albums, I'm normally like I like them the first couple times I listen to them, and then I'm actively skipping them in the future. Okay. Yeah. Um, unless unless they stand out in some way, and this one I just like I would actively listen to this more than some of the surrounding yeah, tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it was followed by Range Life, which is pants. So. Yeah. Oh, just, <laughs> just, oh, just weeping I, here quietly. I I did really like how they kind of yeah they, they balance like the kind of indie pop with their like much harder uh, rock edge. Mm. Like they had they had the capacity to write some really good pop songs, but they also had the capacity to write some really good yeah definitely um, rock songs as well. And so and mm. um, this album as a whole was interesting how they kind of flip between the two and they kind of um like none of it was that aggressive or anything but it, they kind of just dragged you along for the ride the entire way I didn't feel like I got left behind at any point um, which some of the other albums on the playlist when they kept on switching um, type and genre then I felt like that happened so that was, it was interesting to have it with some of the other um, albums which were also doing this kind of such variety and uh, the type of songs they were playing um, and it it was also interesting. I actually reminded me a little bit of Yolo Tango, um, which didn't get a resounding thumbs up from us yeah, a couple yeah. months ago. Uh, but also other other bands that I'm really into now, uh, like Parquet Courts and uh, Car Seat Headrest. I can see how they're massively influenced by this album. But it was... There's lots um, of bands. Yeah, you're I right. There's a whole generation of bands, of bands yeah. coming through but th- that really wish they were pavement. And now we'll freely yeah. free admit it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, yeah. The, even the national from the, the early stuff that they did, the first couple of albums, they were more pavement-like than that. I mean, that's not what they're like now. But I think, yeah. I think they, they, they claim pavement as one of their biggest influences. I think it's throughout. And I can see why. I mean, yeah. and also I think the fact that they've influenced bands that are quite different from each other might be down to the fact that they are quite a varied band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Take what they want and yeah. run with I've it. I've never actually listened to Carsey Headrest, and the reason is they got the worst band what, name in history. Name. I'm not <laughs> listening to that band because of their name. Forget it. It's not happening. Yeah, do it. Do it. Worst band name ever. Terrible. Anyway. Yeah. Well. I'm sure, they're great, but they've ruined it with that. Um, can this I just is the Parquet Courts instead? Okay. Yeah, I'll I don't you. like them. <laughs> I don't really know them, but yeah. <laughs> Did they used to come out to five minus four equals unity? It sounds like I can imagine it being. Uh, I can imagine they probably did. It was, yeah. it was a long time ago. I got to tell you, mm. I saw them last time I saw them was in '98. When how old were you, man? <laughs> how old was I? In '98. Nine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Reading Festival actually. Yeah, what a day! That was great. Nice. Um, they, so did they break up then? They, they broke up, they... and, and now they've kind of done a few reunion shows many years later but then uh, Steve Malcolmus has gone off and done various other bands he now has mm. his band Two Malcolmus and the Jinx which are, which are touring at the moment actually they have a new album out uh, and, and it's, it's okay stuff I'm not a huge fan but it's certainly not like the pavement stuff you know it's, it's not yeah. to me quite the same um, but they had the, Two Malcolmus and the Jinx for a while had 
the drummer out of uh, Quasi and people in it. So it's, it's a good lineup, it's worth checking mm. out, but it's not quite the same as Pavement. Yeah. Just maybe yeah. yeah. talking about them splitting up, and I've already mentioned the National, but there's a line in one of the National songs where he sounds like he's about to cry. Um, and his line is, I'm waiting for pavement to get back together again. Okay. <laughs> so, there you go. Nice. I know Steve Markmus is not that interested in doing so from the interviews. I've heard. He's not, that, I think, on good terms, but he just feels like he's, he's got other things on, so he's not that interested. I think the others, some, some of them at least, are quite, would be quite keen to do it, you know. But obviously, he's the solo artist, so he mm. has this, this career anyway, I guess. So that might be the reason. But yeah. um, uh, it's funny, actually, because about that Rage Life thing, I just, and now I just have thought of my story which tells why this band was so, so meaningful to me. I went to see them in 98 in Reading, range. and they played Range Life, and I was about 100 yards back in the centre um, of, the, of the field, as it were, and uh, this is a true story. It's going to sound totally hokey, this. <laughs> a butterfly flew the length of the crowd, about two feet above the height of the crowd, and went straight towards the Macmillan's face, and then went stopped at the stage and went straight upwards to the top of the audience. And everyone sort of watched, and he looked as well, and the song sort of almost fell apart, because they were all like, what? And what it's just this incredibly on? moving moment. And especially Range Life, <laughs> a really beautiful, delicate song like that, it was just spot on. So yeah, just a sunny afternoon, watching this butterfly fly, listen to Range Life, it was beautiful. It was a drone. <laughs> it was a drone. Yeah, they set it all up. Didn't have drones in the nineties. Come on, <laughs> drone butterflies. So basically, we're listening to a playlist about an artist you love because she's a butterfly once. Yes, that's, <laughs> that was the only reason I ever cared about them. I hadn't seen him four times before that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. So I think that's it then. Uh, we're done for this this time round. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're doing next time. Um, so I think is it is it Matt's turn? Matt will be, Matt will be hosting. Yeah. I will be hosting um, it. So I'll, I'll talk about the bands where I'm going to do first, yeah. I guess. Um, I'm going to do Blood Oranges, Negro Swan, um, and I'm going to do Idols Joy as an act of resistance, which will make Idols the first band to appear twice on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will Ooh. be doing Big Red Machine's self-titled album, which should, that's a collaboration between Justin Vernon and Aaron Dessner, and then I'll be doing. In a poem unlimited by US Girls. Great. Cool. And I, the classic album will be Sugar Cubes with Life's Too Good. And I will be introducing uh, a LCD sound system playlist. Nice. Um, will you have any stories about butterflies? There, there are no Don't butterflies. Don't even try. There's no unless... better story than that. There's what? no better story than that. You I've got a month that. to work on it. I've yeah, got just a month to sure work on it. I'm going to get some butterflies. I'm going to chase around. I just can't believe I didn't think of that first when I started talking about it. It only came to me later on. The, the highlight, the that highlight moment of my life. One thing I say is next, next month's playlist, I've not heard any of them yet, but it's going to be better than this month's playlist. No. Yeah. I mean, it might be better than Pavement. It might be better than Pavement. Well, no, but the rest of the playlist. All right, all right. Maybe. Yes. I'm quite hopeful, actually. I'm pretty excited about both of the ones I've I'm looking forward to most for a while, actually. I think there'll be some good albums there. Yeah, it should be good. Exciting times. Yeah. All right. Oh, should we mention that you can listen to the playlist? Yes. Whatever the website is. Bit.ly forward slash Picky Bastards playlist. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter at Picky Bastards. Uh, and yeah this will be up in a couple of weeks time when we finish uh, the cycle and then we'll be back with a new one in a month or so alright see you then alright thanks very much bye bye